what is going on family members thank you so much for tuning in whether you're watching this live whether you're watching listening to the audio version on spotify apple itunes google Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts or if you catch the the video version later on whether on facebook youtube you're just watching one of the clips i really truly greatly appreciate y'all for for tuning in today greatly from the bottom of my heart with that being said y'all know who i am i'm rob i also go by cruise for those of you who don't know and this is the one the only cruise island Once again, thank you for tuning in. It's always greatly appreciated. I'm very excited to start this. Um, you know, when when we first started brainstorming this, it was honestly just a, a fun little idea that we threw out in a group chat. Um, luckily, this was one of the things that, you know, just automatically gravitated towards me. And a huge shout out to uh, our guy, Stephen Gillespie from Breaking the Game. He's the one who, who recommended that it be my show. Um, and I'm very happy, very humbled, very honored that um, that I was thought of to to lead this. So for for my first guest, I there's no better way for me to start my show than with the guy who basically made all of this happen. The Prez, you already know who he is. Chris LeBron, the only LeBron that I will ever say is the GOAT. There is no other LeBron. This is the greatest LeBron of all time. Man, I appreciate that, brother. I'm excited about this. I, I'm, I'm so happy that uh, that uh, this is here. I know we've been we've been working on this, promoting this like crazy. I'm just happy to be on, brother. And and it's it's great to have you on, Chris. It truly is. Again, um, I I cannot say this enough. Thank you so much for bringing me on, uh, to the network. We we're all just getting started, basically. I know you had connected with Mo first. You guys did a couple episodes together, and then you know, yeah. me and you connected. Um, and then I know Mo had been talking about, you know, hey, Chris is thinking about starting the networks. Oh, that's dope. And then like a couple of days later, I get a text from you, hey, you want to be a part of this? And, and I couldn't pass it up. Obviously, um it, it it truly is an honor. Um, again, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity, not only with the network, but with this show. Uh, shout out Stephen Gillespie, of course, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, he's also giving you a shout out, Prez. Appreciate uh, Patrick appreciate Graham, thank you so much. You guys, Cruise Island, you already know what we do here. We stay with the hot takes. Um, and I'm going to start this off with probably the hottest take uh, you guys will hear today. Uh, this will be the hottest show on the Internet from, of course, the hottest network. Uh, we're, we're doing big things over here. So, you know, whether if you're not listening to me live, go listen to I know Coach Fi is doing his his show right now, Candid Corner. Um, just listen to all of us. We're all here to support each other. We're growing. Uh, of course, even bang bang all day. You already know. Uh, but without further ado, let, let's get into it. Yes. So, what is your direction you see? Because you are a big New York Giants fan. You're a big New York guy. You see, I see you repping the Yankees hat. You're mm -hmm. a big Knicks fan. Shout out to New York Knicks. I've never rooted for the New York Knicks as hard mm -hmm. as I do this season. Y'all still above 500 right now? We're at 500 right at now. 500. We, lost, hey. we, we lost last night to San Antonio, but uh, well, hopefully we uh, you know, we played Detroit before the All Star break. Hopefully we we stay uh, above 500. But no matter what, it's been 
it's, it's definitely been the expectations going to the season weren't high and they've definitely exceeded it. So I'm just, I'm just enjoying the ride, you know, just enjoying the ride. And real quick, shout out Rachel Cruz. That's my wife. For those of you who don't know, who has always been my number one supporter since day one. I, I came to her with the idea of starting a podcast, half joking. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do this. I like talking about sports. She's I'll do it. I was like, for real? She's like, yeah, we're, once we buy the house, we'll get it set up. Um, So obviously big shout out to her. Can't do it without the missus, man. Can't no, not that. at all. She's upstairs keeping the kids entertained right now, trying to keep them <laughs> quiet. Uh, she is she is just as much a part of of this show as as any of us. Um, so so real quick, where do you see the Giants offseason going? Where do you see their direction or the direction that, that they need to go in? Um, figuring out the offense. I mean, we, we talked about this a lot, especially going into you know last season. And what was the thing we talked about? We thought the defense was going to be subpar to you know really bad i thought they would be really bad and the offense would kind of be you know middle of the pack but uh, you know above average offense it was the complete opposite the defense was actually you know a top tier defense and the offense was 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 bottom of the barrel you know i think they were in 30s as far as offenses and everything um obviously there was a saquon was tough but they got to figure out the off they just cut uh golden tape and, you know, he was definitely a disappointment. And, uh, you know, Slayton hasn't – didn't live up to the rookie season. You know, um, and Shepard's been – you know, he's been solid, but he's always banged up. And Evan Ingram is, you know, so inconsistent, you know. Uh, so they got to figure out a lot offensively. Got to get themselves a, a legit weapon on offense that can, you know, be a game changer. And the line still needs some work, especially in the interior. You know, I don't know if Kevin Zeitler is going to be there. He might be a cap, another cap casualty. And I know they save a lot of money uh, if they cut him. So, and the Giants are really, you know, really stuck on the cap. They're, they're one of the, you know, we have the least cap, one of the least cap rooms in, in, in all football. So figuring out this, and then, and, and then on top of it is, is Daniel Jones, the guy it's simple. We all know how court, like quarterback play is is important, and if you don't have one, you know, and, and I'm not sure if the Giants have the dude. I don't know if we have the dude. Like, uh, so that's going to be big. There's a big offseason to figure out this line, uh, this this offense and the line and Saquon. Hopefully, he comes back healthy, and that's going to be another thing. He's going to year four. He's going to, you know, essentially uh, going to want a contract after this year. And do you like, you know, we know Jeff doesn't like running backs and giving a running back. Money, you know, especially with some injury history, is definitely going to be something to be looking forward to. But this offense needs work. <laughs> it's simple. Yeah. Uh, quarterback play needs to get better. Offensive line needs to get better. They got some young guys, you know, young tackles that could be, uh, could be, you know, tackles of the future. But um, they need weapons, man. They got no weapons. They got no one Daniel Jones can trust. So you know, that they got to fix the offense. I mean, the defense is, like I said. Over <laughs> expectations weren't weren't high, and and they definitely exceeded that. But definitely, offense needs to get <laughs> fixed big time because uh, it, it it was bad. It, it was bad watching this team offensively. So as of right now, you guys pick behind the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you guys are picking at number eleven. Mm-hmm. Who do you guys see taking right there? If you guys do stay at eleven, or if you trade back, trade up. Let's assume you guys are staying put at eleven, which I think you guys will. Who are you guys taking at eleven? There's there's one guy I want so bad, literally so bad, and that's Kyle Pitts. That's my guy. I think he's a game changer. I mean, it's not just like every. I mean, you hear Kuiper say that he's the highest rated tight end he's ever graded, but 
man, he, he's special on the field. What he can do, he he's a different breed. He's not just a tight end too. He's a he's a weapon. He's a receiver. Mm-hmm. You can line him up everywhere. You can line him up at receiver. He can move the way he he's special. If the Giants could somehow get, I, I don't know if he'll be there eleven. I doubt it. But to me, that's the target they got to go after. And obviously, maybe some some offensive weapons, even maybe a pass rusher too. I like Jalen Phillips from Miami. Um, Gregory Russo is another one I like a lot. You know, maybe a linebacker. You know, Mike Parsons is is there. But to me, you got to get some offensive weapons. You know, uh, there's there's receivers, there's Jalen Waddle. You know, um, there's a few guys out there. Um, so it's I think you got to. Uh, it, it, but to me, Pitts Pitts is, will be my number one guy if they could get Pitts, man. That would be that would be that that would definitely help a lot. So I hope it. I hope Pitts is there. Yeah, if, if the draft goes anything like um, if the draft goes anything like the way that we have it here at Off the Ball Network, Kyle Pitts is going eight to Carolina. So that's something to think about there. But um, but yeah, I think that'd be a great weapon. That'd be a mm-hmm. tremendous weapon there, and uh, to help Daniel Jones a little bit because, like you said, is Daniel Jones the guy? That's that's pretty much the consensus all throughout all Giants fans that I've talked to is we still don't know if Daniel Jones is a guy. He has shown glimpses. He has shown promise at times, but also he has shown that he struggles, you know, coming out of after that 2019 draft, it was always, it was always, um, you know, Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins were going to be compared to each other for the rest of their careers. And one is not off to a good start. And Daniel Jones might not be far behind. Do you see Daniel Jones? Do you see Daniel Jones surviving another two years? Two years? Oh man, two years is a lot. I mean, I uh, I give him a year. I think this is a huge year. He's going into year three. Year three, you got to see something, right? I think you got to see something, and it's kind of what the Jets are going through with Sam Darnold. You know, obviously, the situation is a little bit different because they were just a dumpster fire and they had nothing. Yeah. They literally had nothing. But it's, you know, you got to see something because, you know, guys are going to start, you know, this is when going into year four, guys are going to want extensions and all that and get the bag. And, you know, you got to see if, if this is the guy investing. So it, it's going to be interesting that's with him. Uh, I'm still not completely sold. I wasn't crazy about when they took him, you know, um, I was a Haskins guy. I can't try. I'm going to, I'm going to say that I was a Haskins guy, but I, but, and, and we've talked about this also. I still don't get why they didn't take a quarterback, you know, when they took Barkley. And to me, that yeah. would have solved everything if they had went, you know, Josh Allen route, which I was super high on Josh Allen. That was my guy, but they went the running back route and, you know, that's, that was what they did. And, uh, but the quarterback position is still, I, I still don't know how confident they are in Daniel Jones, you know, a lot of feelings, you know, I feel that like I don't know if they're a hundred percent in on DJ on DJ, but um, this is big. Piff. This is a huge year for him. If he does, if he's, if he's the same quarterback, if he's the same quarterback, then you can't, then there's definitely going to be time to, you know, to look at some, another option. So this is a huge year for Daniel Jones, you know, yeah. uh, because it, it, he can't play the same way that he played last year and as a rook, you know, um, flashes, like I said, he shows flashes, but then turnovers, <laughs> you can't turn the ball over, man. You just can't few games where we may have like Tampa Bay game in particular, right. Just make some silly plays. I mean, we win that game. 
we're talking about possibly being in the uh, in the playoffs. So those mistakes need to be corrected. So hopefully he gets it done and uh, we get him some weapons and see how he really does. But this is a huge year for Daniel Jones, you know, uh, regarding his future. Yeah. Um. And and I'm not one to give NFC East teams any um any sort of leeway, but I will say not playing with arguably the best running back in the league definitely hurt. So before I get you out of here, we do have one one guy. He's uh he's backstage right now. I think I'm gonna bring him out now because I want to get something from you and I want to get his reaction as well. My guy VP Mo of the Up in Flames podcast. You already know. Hey, what's going on, fellas? All right, Mo. So one thing, thanks for coming on, man. Obviously, you know it, it's tremendous to have you on for the premiere. I'm I'm very excited. It's the debut of Cruise yeah, Island. Man. Come on, man. So. So I know you heard a little bit about what what Chris was talking about with the Giants. So, Chris, I want a hot take. I want a hot take for your New York football Giants this year. What's going to happen? Give me a surprise record. Are they going 0-16? Is Daniel Jones going to get cut after week nine? Give me something. Hot take. Hot take. The Giants will look to trade Saquon Barkley. Not where I thought you were going to go with that. I thought you were going to say Daniel Jones. The Giants will look to trade. Jeff hates running backs. I'm I'm a part of that Jeff hates running backs um, crowd. I'm not a – that draft, when they took Saquon, it's it's nothing against him. He was the number one player in that draft, right? He was the best player, right? He did everything in college, right? Right. But when you're in that position – at number two, and there's an abundance of quarterback available, and you need a quarterback, and you're you're lying to yourself that Eli has more years left. You, you just don't do it. And obviously, Saquon is a tremendous talent, but you know you could get like let's say like I wanted to draft where we took Josh Allen and Chubb. Right, I think we would have been straight with that. I think the Giants' future would be good right now if we had that combination. They went a different route, and look, at we're still trying to figure the quarterback situation. And then they, are they really going to want to pay Saquon? That's the I'm thing. Coming off an ACL tear, I don't see it. And he's back-to-back in, in injuries. Are you know he's had some injury seasons. You know, last yeah. every year he's got hurt, and now he has an ACL. I just wouldn't be surprised, and I've been th- I've been thinking about this for a minute. I was like, I wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if these if they ship them, and, and to me, it would, it would, it would, it would put them in a situation, you know, where you know that they're not going to want to pay a running back. It's simple, right? Nobody wants to pay running backs. <laughs> you know, every team regrets paying their running back. You're a Cowboys fan, Mo. Absolutely. They they are paying Zeke. You know, I'm sure the Panthers are probably like, uh. Maybe we should, and then Kishan McCaffrey gets hurt all season. So to me, since this is Cruise Island, and we'd say the hottest of octakes, you know, and we had we had a hot take in the chat room a few days. I, you know, I hope y'all talk about that because that's still that messed up my whole sleep. I was about to sleep. I was, and then I see the the wildest. Of, I mean, it made crew whatever crew said has said. It put that like it, it. It was it was the wildest, the wildest take. But I'll, I'll let y'all dive into that. Like, that was crazy. It messed up my sleep. I think I was up for three hours back and forth. I was like, what, what, what is going on? But you know, yeah. And, and Stephen just mentioned, you know, Todd Gurley. They paid him, and then you know, so 
that that's my hot take is that the Giants will look into shop will look to shop Saquon Barkley because I just don't see them investing him in long term, giving him a five year eighty million dollars when he just hasn't it hasn't, you know, shown on the field that he's a true game changer, you know, as far as wins. I mean, so and they don't want to pay a running back. I just wouldn't invest paying a running back that much money long term. And he's had the injury history. So that's my hot take. Uh, they'll look to shop Saquon Barkley. Uh, yeah i i hope they I hope they do just because I don't like having to face Saquon twice a month or twice yeah. twice a year rather. I mean, um, that defense is fine. Yeah, your defense is stout. So I mean, y'all can handle yeah, but still, it. It's still Saquon. I said, it's still, no, I get Saquon you. Right. Saquon. It's Saquon, but I I, I truly believe, I've been feeling this for a minute. I was like, I wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if they try to. Tried. I know Gettleman is still there, and that's Gettleman's pick. So maybe I would feel even greater if it was a new GM. But I still think they might inquire if someone wants, you know, a back like him because he is a special back. But mm-hmm. he ain't on the field. And to me, what is you know, uh, like I said, I'm still mad at the at the pick. So maybe that's just my that's just me talking. You know that they didn't take a quarterback. You know, uh, a few years back. But you know, this is Cruz Island. I'm going to come with the hottest of hot take, and I'm going to say Saquon is going to be on the trade block, and I wouldn't be surprised if they trade. I like it. I like it. I'm going to give you one better, though. Uh, Daniel Jones will be benched going into the bye week. Whatever y'all bye weeks end up ends up being, if it's after week, I'll say, I'll clarify. If it's after week eight, you guys have a post-week eight bye week, Daniel Jones will be benched going into the bye week to give the new guy two full weeks of, of preparation. That's where I'm going with that. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. It also depends what the backup is, too. Like, um, if it's a young guy, I don't I don't think they'll have uh, another young guy backing them up. But if it is a young guy who they maybe draft in the third round or something who they like, maybe, you know, um, it also depends. Maybe they bring in, a, like, a, like, a Marcus Mariota-type player or something like that. You know, I think they need to get a, a solid backup, though. Like yeah. a backup who's re- like, if if Daniel Jones is not playing well, they need a backup to you know to fill in and, and do the job. You know, no Colt McCoy again. <laughs> Can't do Colt McCoy again because he's another one who gets hurt old yeah. injury yeah. history. So gotta get someone that you know, one of these quarterbacks that like a Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston type that you know they have the talent, you know, and they just you know they. That they were backups previously, and see if you could find that Ryan Tannehill spark. You know, some of these guys just need a different scenario. So maybe they can and, you know, look at one of these backups and uh, young backups that still are, you know, 25, 26, like Jamison and Maris Marcus. Have them back up Daniel Jones, make them compete, you know, give them legit competition, you know, because I don't think Cole McCoy was legit competition. I don't think that's that was scaring Daniel Jones. Put a little fear in him, be like, hey. We bringing in this guy, you know, same way Mar- happened to Marcus Roy with Tannehill, right? And then that, yeah. you know, uh, obviously Marcus, you know, he got benched and all that. But look, at they had Tannehill. Tannehill comes in, boom. So maybe a situation like that would be, you know, uh, benefit New York and, and maybe see see if like, we got to figure out DJ's the DJ's the guy. So yeah. maybe that will be a little spark and uh, see if he's truly the guy. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on, man. We're gonna get you out of here. Oh, no, you, you. It's late for you. It's early for me over here, though. But thank you so much for coming on, man. And again, thank you so much for the opportunity for all of this. Um, I can never thank you enough. 
No, man. This is fun. Now, I, was, I was looking forward to this all week, all month. The, the minute you said you were doing this, I'm looking forward to it. I'm happy that you got it launched. The logo looks great. Everything's good. I'm happy for this. I'm looking forward to catching this show on, on the week, every week. So uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, you know, so shout out to you. You're killing it. You, you the, the, the growth you've made since we first, everyone's growth, but your growth yeah. since the start to now, it's been, you know, it's been crazy. So continue success with this and we're going to kill it. Like I said, it's going to be a big year for off the ball. So looking forward to it. Cruise Island going to be crazy this year. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Thanks. And and real quick, my, my wife is the one who did the logo. So that oh, she, you, you feeding you her ego right now, but yeah, she definitely makes dope. And she made that just laying in bed one night, like quick, like 25, 30 minutes. So yeah, <laughs> she's definitely the goat for that. Thank you, babe. Um, obviously thank you for the logo. Chris, thanks again uh, so much for coming on. We'll okay, catch you later. Guys. Yep, yep. My man. What's going on, bro? Oh, you're man. I it, <laughs> it it feels good. It really does feel good. Bro, it was only right. When you when you asked me to be on the first the opening episode, I'm like, bro, I clear my schedule. Um it, it was no question. Come on now, like this is where it all started. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Football and chill, bro. We got together talking football around this time. You know, yep. the uh, NFL draft. So it was like, it was only right to come around this time and basically do something great again. So, and you know, hot takes are the hot takes. I, I, I'm coming with it. So I'm, def I'm definitely ready to get a little Cowboys conversation with you. Yeah, when I uh, when I was trying to put my, trying to figure out who I wanted my guest to be, you were obviously Chris. I mean, no disrespect to anybody else. Chris, obviously, number one guy. He's the prez. Mm -hmm. He's the reason we're all here right now. We've all connected to a certain degree. And, of course, you were number two, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. uh, without a doubt, you were always going to be number two. Um, but let, let's get into it, man. Let's, let's do this. Go. Where do you see Dallas going this uh, drafting free agency process? Oh, man, it's tough because, bro, we're losing two corners. Well, it's it's not guaranteed, but we got Jordan Lewis and Chidobia Wuze, our free agents. Um, I think if we're lucky and fortunate enough, we bring one back. I don't think we bring both back. So that kind of makes it tough. We got to go corner when we're talking about draft. We got to boost up that secondary. Like, when you look at the Cowboys, the offense is set. Uh, our offensive line is aging. So I'm like, okay, maybe we start continue to keep it building. But that's not, that's not where I want to go first. I don't think that's a need. I think Tyron Smith come back healthy. Uh, Zach Martin come back healthy, Lyle Collins. Like, we were missing a whole offensive line majority of the season. Uh, our center, obviously, he um, retired. Travis Frederick retired. So, I just think that um, – I really think that we need to go corner, like, realistically. But don't reach. I, I think we need to go corner. Don't reach. I got my eyes on Patrick Sertan. Um, you know, in the, in the mock draft uh, simulator, I've been doing it. Bro, daily, three, four times a day. Trade offer, trade proposals, yep. trading back to, to grab a later first round and two second round picks um, just to stack up the team. And, and there's been so many ways I've been able to go. I mean, there's been times where I trade back to 16 from 10, still end up getting Patrick Sertan. Um, but I think there's two corners, and it's Patrick Sertan and um, Caleb. I forget his name, the, the corner from Virginia Tech. I think those uh, should Far Farley. Farley, yep, Caleb Farley. I think that's where our eyes should be as far as what we want to do if we decide to stay at number 10. 
Now I think we have an advantage of gaining some picks because at number 10, I think there will be a team behind us that will call our phone because Trey Lance or Matt Jones is sitting there, and that's who they want. And I think we could take advantage of that. The Patriots are one, trading back to 15, and even getting their second-round pick. I would take that. Move, move back five spots. You're going to get a quality player. Um, whether it's, it, it, There's so much we need on the defensive and I think side we of the take ball. take advantage of that. The Patriots are one, trading back to 15, and even get – My fault. Oh, okay, okay. I accidentally clicked something. No, you good. But um, so I think like trading back to 15 is a possibility. I think the Patriots might have Mac Jones or Trey Lance there at 10 and might consider trading up uh, when you look at who their starting quarterback is. But I just there's so many quality players on the defensive side of the ball. Like I even look at maybe we go Michael Parsons in the first round and we get a Asante Samuel Jr. Um, we get Mo Rick in the second round or we get Asante Samuel in the second round. Go Michael Parsons, or we, we get uh, Mo Rig, the safety from TCU. I'm real high on him. I think if we can get him in the second round, which is a very possible thing, I think he'll be one of those sleeper, like early sleeper picks, like a guy who has like first round stock but ends up falling depending on mm-hmm. what certain teams do. So I have my eyes on him. Um, you know, we did the mock draft to get uh we did the mock draft together, and Steven actually had us go. And get Michael Parsons, I would take that. I don't think linebackers are weak suit, but if he's there, it's one of those best player available. We did that last year. Wide receiver wasn't our number one need. Yeah. But with CeeDee Lamb sitting there, you know, Jerry Jones was like, I got to take him. Like, he, a guy like him or Jerry Judy, if either one of those players, which it looked like one of those two players were going to fall to us, it was like you just got to jump on it, take advantage, and it even puts you in a good spot when it's time to pay Michael Gallup. Like you don't have to. You don't feel like you have to because you have Amari Cooper and then you have mm-hmm. CeeDee Lamb and then you find – bro, it's, it's, it's receiver heavy in college. Like I just look at college. It's about to be receiver loaded drafts for the next – Five, six, seven years. I just look at how talented the wide receiver position is. They're come. They're they're starting to become a dime a dozen. I know we're high on Devontae Smith, Jamar Chase. You know, I, I think Jamar Chase is second to none as far as receivers in the draft. But then you just look at what you could get later, Rashard Bateman. Um, I was high on Olave, but obviously he decided to return his senior year. He was another guy. Like, there's so many receivers. Uh, Rondell Moore for Purdue. Like it, so, and then I just look at who's next year, who's up next year. It's just so many receivers that are going to be in the draft the next three, four, five years. You look at the five-star receiver recruits being recruited right now that you won't have to pay Michael Gallup. You got CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, so we can always find a receiver. But I, I think we got to go DB. I think that's period, point blank. If we were bringing back Owuze and Jordan Lewis, I'd say go DB but go safety. But if we're not bringing those guys back, Patrick Sertan or Caleb Farley, that's got to be, like, a must. Uh, I love Michael Parsons, but we do have Jalen Smith, and we do have um, Van Der Esch. So it's it's one of those, like, Sean Lee's always hurt, but I don't think we need three strong linebackers when we don't have a secondary. Our front seven isn't even that great, period. We don't have a great defensive line. So it's like, but we need some protection. If we're not going to put pressure on the quarterback, if we're not going to invest in a – Defensive line, the best defensive lineman in the draft, bro. We gotta go and protect the deep ball, and that's something we couldn't do last year. Yeah, teams were putting points on us like crazy. So I mean, we gotta go secondary. That's been Dallas' problem in the past 
five to six years. Since Dak been there, that's definitely been a problem. We were 13-3, and three, a bad secondary. End up losing to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in the second round when we had a bye week. Bad secondary the year we beat the Seahawks. Go on in second round. Bad secondary. We go 9-7 and seven when Zeke got suspended. But we couldn't stop nobody. Even if we can't score points, we can't stop nobody. And even when we can score points, we can't outscore the other team because we can't stop nobody. So it starts with the secondary. That's been Dallas' problem for years. Yeah, letting go of uh, what I want to say Byron Jones when he went, he left in free agency to Miami, and that that hurt you guys a lot. That defense will look. Yeah, look. but. It, it, he was going to be the number one guy, and he looks really good in Miami because he's the number two guy. And, and that's where I'm like, I didn't want to pay him what we had to pay. When you look at who we had to pay and who we already paid, Jalen Smith, um, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, we're, we're going to have to pay Van Der Esch. We paid Demarcus Lawrence. Our offensive line is highly paid. Like, you just look at every where we paid everywhere, and it was like, you don't want to pay him that money. He was good. Don't get me wrong. But he wasn't number one cornerback pay money. But he looks really good being next to Xavier Howard. We don't have an Xavier Howard. It was Byron Jones and, you know, the Goonies on the other side. It didn't matter who it was. So, I, I, I didn't want to pay Byron Jones. He was last on my list to get paid out of Cooper, Zeke, Dak, and him, he was last on my list. So I knew he was gone, especially with the, you know, looming of what's going to happen with Dak, which that's a whole situation in itself. It's almost getting old to talk about. We've been talking about it for like three years. Yeah, and, and I get that. I, I I relate that take a lot of what Washington went through with Kirk Cousins because at that point in time, with you guys dealing with Byron Jones, what was the other option? And that's how I always looked at it with Kirk Cousins was, yeah, I don't want to pay him top five quarterback money because I never believed he was a top five quarterback. But there was no other option out there. Who who was if if not him, then who? But I I like and, our draft pick and Trayvon Diggs though. I do like Trayvon Diggs. Um, after after he came back from that foot injury, he looked really good. Our defense mm. actually turned it around. I'm not gonna top five D. We just looked a lot better the down the stretch than we did at the beginning of the season. Now, granted. With as bad as we were, I think it was like us, the Seahawks, and the Jets were like the three worst defenses in the NFL. So with as bad as we were, you can only look better. But we did look a lot better. Things started coming together, and you seen where the flaws were. Jalen Smith started playing better football. Van Der Esch finally got back healthy, was playing better football. Demarcus Lawrence, he wasn't getting sacks, but he was putting a lot of pressure on quarterback. So you seen where we were missing was our secondary. We had Trayvon Diggs, a rookie was our best defensive back. Safety, corner, it doesn't matter. Your rookie, I don't care how good they are. Guys don't come in and be the best defensive backs on a good secondary their rookie year. If your best DB is a rookie, your secondary isn't that good. And, I mean, you look at some of the greats. Like, they weren't the best. Like, they were in bad secondaries. Like, Deion Sanders, when he first got to the league, he was a bona fide star. But that secondary wasn't that good outside of Deion Sanders. You know, uh, Richard Sherman, Patrick Peterson. Like, we can go down the line. Darrell Revis. When they first came in, their secondaries weren't that good. But then they got a second guy to compliment them. And they were the best DBs on their team. And they brought in a second guy. And it made it great. I mean, I always look at look at Revis and um, uh, Cromartie with the Jets. When the Jets were relevant. Well, that secondary, them two was locked down. Because Darrell Revis was probably the best one-on-one -on -one defender at corner and then you looked at Cromartie and there wasn't a number two receiver that could 
you know, really beat Cromartie week in and week out. So it was like, it worked out. I want a secondary like that. I see all these other teams have strong front sevens, strong secondary. We don't have either. Like, y'all have a strong front four. We don't even have that. Like, we don't get the luxury of defense. I look at all the weapons we have on offense. We're making names. Noah Brown playing good football as the number four option at receiver. Uh, we just we got so many names on offense, and it's like, okay, look at the Cleveland game, for instance. We put up 40 points in, or almost 40 points, put up like 38 points and lose. That can't happen. You can't lose by double digits when you put up 38. That That yeah. just can't happen. And you say you're in your Super Bowl window, but what have you done except look at the Chiefs? I feel like we're trying to mirror the Chiefs. Dak isn't Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Amari isn't Tyreek Hill. Um, I will say, I mean, Edwards hilarious, he's a rookie, but I will say at the point, Zeke, okay, yeah, he was one of the best running backs in the league. But you can't mirror that when you don't have Patrick Mahomes and you don't have a play caller like Andy Reid. But we're yeah. looking at the success of the Chiefs. Score the ball, score points, score points. Get in the end zone, get in the end zone. You're gonna win the Super Bowl. It's not gonna happen. Look at the Bucks. The Bucks got all the weapons in the world on offense, but then they defense came to play, especially late in the season and in the playoffs. And they won games in spite of their lack of offense. In a sense, the Washington game offense didn't play that great, but their defense stepped up. Granted, I know it was against like our fourth starting quarterback that year, but still, defense stepped up. Tom Brady throws three interceptions against the Packers. Defense steps up and wins. He doesn't play great against the Saints. Defense steps up and wins them that game. So I'm not and then and then Brady has a great performance in the Super Bowl. That's the that's that's what you need to win a Super Bowl. We have the offensive weapons. I think this draft and free agency needs to fully be on defense. I I I would agree with you 100 percent actually. The defense needs to be a heavy a, a prime focus, all however many draft picks you guys have, at least all but I would say two of them need to be addressing the defense. So let me ask you this. What's going on with Dak? <sighs> Dallas backed themselves into a corner. We we should have paid them two years ago. When, when Carson Wentz got paid, when Jared Goff got paid, Dak should have got paid. Up to that point, nobody could tell me he wasn't just as good as Carson Wentz or Jared Goff. Nobody can convince me otherwise. So you should have paid him two years ago. And then, you know, you and me had this conversation going into last season. You should have paid him. He wanted, what, 34 and a half? We wanted to settle at 33 and a half. Over a million dollars a year or, or one or two years. Like, okay, they want, we want to sign him for five. He wants four. It isn't – Dak didn't want to sign for – five or for four to leave the Cowboys he just looked at I'm 26 I'm a sign for four years I'm gonna be 30 years old the cap gonna be through the roof I'm gonna do great things for the Cowboys and then I'm gonna get that last probably last huge payday and be that 230 million dollar quarterback because that's the way we're going even with COVID like it's gonna shoot up we're gonna go back to being fans in the stands and all that sellout crowds and you know how the NFL it just it's next man up gets paid gets paid so for four years that's what he was looking at I'll be 30 I won't be over the roof. You, you'll try and use that. I'm 31. I'm over 30. Da, da, da. He said, I'm 26, four years, 30. Over a year, we didn't sign Dak. He, and like, you know, Steven said, he literally has been everything you want in a franchise quarterback. He wins games. I don't care. He's not Mahomes. He's not Russell Wilson. I get that. But he wins games. He can manage a game. He doesn't turn the ball over like crazy. And he's a great leader 
on the field and in the locker room and in the offseason. That's what you want in a franchise quarterback. He gets no bad headlines. The only headlines Dak is ever in was when he broke his leg and his contract situation. That's it. There is no negativity towards Dak Prescott. He gets all these deals. So it's just, bro, we backed ourselves in the corner by not paying him. We should have paid him two years ago, let alone going into last season. We should not have left him on the franchise tag because now this year we franchise tag him. He's going to get $37.5 He's not signing a long-term deal for less than $37.5 million. Guaranteed, he will not play and sign for four or five years for anything less than $37.5 million because the type of guy he seems to be, he will bet on himself again this year, play under the franchise, and then leave Dallas. He'll show his worth. He'll be out there to prove a point that he's still he's valuable. He's a franchise quarterback. And then he's going to go and sign somewhere else because there's plenty of teams. If Dak hit the open market right now, there's plenty of teams that would sign Dak. I mean, even the New York Jets, they would sign Dak and go crazy in the draft because they'll be like, you know what? We'll get rid of Sam Darnold. We'll trade Sam Darnold for something, second round, third round pick, whatever. Get some a little bit of draft capital from him. All that salary cap space, they would gladly sign Dak. They're, one, they're in the Deshaun Watson talks. You know, I'm sure they would want Russell Wilson if they could have him. So my thing is Dak, Dak could play one more year under the franchise tag and then and dip. And, and that's the chance we're taking by not giving him money. And now he's going to want more than the franchise tag per year. We did that to ourselves. Jerry Jones and them did that to themselves. And then you sit here and say, he's our franchise quarterback. He's our franchise quarterback. But you haven't paid him. Like all these other teams, Carson Wentz got paid. He's our guy. He got paid. Granted, he didn't pan out. We could talk about all the deals that didn't pan out. But when those GMs and those coaches and everything said, this is our guy, those guys got paid and they got showed loyalty towards them. They just had to flame out as a player ultimately. So, I, I mean, we backed ourselves in the corner. And now, like, as fans and stuff, you're gonna, Dak's not worth $40 million. Well, I look at it like this. We have Dak last year. We go to the playoffs. We were 6-10. and 10. You know what I'm saying? Like, we were 6-10. and 10. Dak himself is worth two more wins on the Dallas Cowboys. Between having Andy Dalton and two other quarterbacks, that's Danucci, all those guys, Dak is worth two more wins. So we would have went 8-8 eight and eight and made the playoffs. I don't know who he would have beat, but we would have won two more games. Like, that Pittsburgh game uh, with, with Danucci, if I'm not mistaken, was the starter. We almost won that game. You're telling me playing like that, Dak doesn't win that game? That, so that's my thing with that is Dak is at least worth two more wins than any quarterback we had last year and we go 6-10. He at least puts us at 8-8 eight and eight with all the other injuries we had. So so Dak really backed us in. Like, we backed ourselves into a corner with Dak. Yeah, Stephen brought up a good point. Wentz and Goff um, are, are, are on new teams now. So all the quarterbacks from that 2016 draft, all but one are still with their current team, and that is Dak Prescott for the time being. There's even talks of of Washington signing him. Now, I don't know how I feel about giving Dak Prescott forty million dollars because I've always been a huge proponent of not giving him forty million dollars because in my eyes he's not able to produce what you want him with those type of weapons. And I'm not going to sit here and be a hypocrite and say, "Oh, well, now that we're paying him, yeah, go ahead, pay him." He would be an upgrade from what we have now, but I'm still very, very much reserved on giving him a forty million dollar contract. But that it, the quarterback position is so, is so fluid. 
You don't want to go find a new one. You have your guy. You don't want right. to go find a new one. We, with the number 10 pick, I don't like Trey Lance or Mac Jones over Dak. I don't like um, a second or third round pick of Kyle Trask over Dak. I don't like any guy later. I don't like sitting out and waiting a year and basically tanking. There's yeah. not really a good enough quarterback for me next year. I mean, I guess what, who's the best prospect coming in next year? Out of right now Sam Howell. Yeah, that, out of North Carolina. It's not that he's bad, but like coming in, I don't want to tank a season. He's not better than Dak right now. Like the whole point is, no. I don't care what he's going to be in five, six years. I'm not looking for five, six years right now. I got my guy who for five, six years, and Dak has continuously got better. Like no matter what our team has done, you look at Dak himself; he's gotten better. Like uh, the year before, before he got hurt, threw for forty nine hundred yards. I get it comebacks, empty calorie stats, I understand all that. But look at how he was throwing that ball. Then before he gets hurt, even though we were losing games, it wasn't on him. Our offense was on a record-setting pace. We were on pace to have 3,000-yard receivers. That's with Dak throwing the ball. I get it. He has talent. You built all the talent around him. I don't care about – I understand, oh, well, Dak has to be in a perfect situation. That was a perfect situation offensively. That's what we did. You know what? We built a perfect situation around Dak, and we still didn't commit to him. I don't understand it. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting what happens because, like you said, most likely we'll tag him this season. If you're not gonna able to get a deal done, not going to tag him for a third straight season because, like you, you would just said, that's thirty-seven and a half million. Yeah, that, and at it, that point, just give him the extra two and a half million, you know, five years and and call it a day. Um. So, so I I need something from you real quick before we move on. Uh, same thing I asked of of Prez. I need you to give me a hot take. Because, again, this is Cruise Island. We stay with the hot takes. Give me a Dallas hot take. What's going to happen this season? You guys going 0-16? No. Uh, yeah. I like how you keep throwing that out there because you got your conference rivals in here. So I like how, how that's the route you want us to go. My Dallas hot take and is, is – now I'm not going to go the Super Bowl route. My Dallas hot take is – Russell Wilson will be the starting quarterback week one for Ooh. the Dallas Cowboys. If I'm going to go hot takes, I would say Russell Wilson will be the starting quarterback for Dallas week one. Um, The reason I say that, he's on the trade market. Obviously, he put Dallas as, you know, he put Dallas as one of his four teams, us, the Saints, yep. the Bears. Ideally, of his four teams, Dallas has a shot at getting them. And, and, and when you look at draft capital, when you look at um, a little bit of salary cap, we don't have much space. But as far as what we would have to pay Dak anyway as a franchise tag, I think we would trade Dak Prescott for Russell Wilson. Now, it won't be a straight-up trade. Obviously, Russell Wilson is the better, more proven quarterback. But to be honest, and, I, and I'm going to even throw my hot take package, I would, and people would call me crazy. I will give up. Dak, Zeke, our first round pick this year, our third round pick this year, and our first round pick next year for Russell Wilson and Carlos Hyde. I don't need I won't even go the Chris Carson route because I don't think they'll exchange running backs and quarterbacks that way. I will take Carlos Hyde, Russell Wilson, and I will give up Dak Zeke first third this year and our first round pick next year. And and I think that, that that guarantees us a playoff spot. I think 
healthy with Dak, we we make the playoffs. But with Russell Wilson, I think that guarantees us a playoff spot and and be just as competitive as the Bucks or anybody else. And I understand we we need so much on defense, but I think with that offense and Russell Wilson being an upgrade over Dak, um, bro, I, I I could see Russell Wilson like realistically, I could see Russell Wilson being the starting quarterback week one. Seattle's over the the Russell Wilson drama; they are upset. Do you not think if Dallas slipped in at Jerry Jones? I only want to say he's a mastermind, but but he is in a sense. He pays attention. He wants what he wants, and and he seventy five percent of the time he gets what he wants. There's those few times he looks for guys and doesn't get them. But I I wouldn't be surprised if Russell Wilson was the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. It's appealing for Russ being the the quarterback for America's team. It'd be appealing for him and his family to move to Dallas, Texas, tax-free. It's a tax-free state. He get all his money besides, you know, the federal taxes, but there are no state taxes, so he's going to get all his money. And it, it, it would go through the roof for Russell Wilson as opposed to being in the Pacific Northwest, which, you know, you and me both live. You live out there currently. I lived out there. Bro, it gets forgotten about up there, even yeah. though the Seattle Seahawks are relevant because Russell Wilson. They're as good right. as they are because Russell Wilson. Other than that, he gets forgot about. He, you know, when it comes to free promo and this and that, all all these endorsement deals, his endorsement deals would go up if he played for Dallas, and I think that would be very appealing for him. And that's why that's one of the teams on his list because he knows what it could do for him and his brand. And that's what guys are doing. That's what superstars are doing, is building. You know, they're building their brands. They're building. You know, T Tampa Bay. You know, Tampa Brady. TB12 Productions is building his brand. That's what they're doing. And Russell Wilson will be able to build his brand and get endorsements like crazy being the quarterback for America's team. If that happened, that would that would be a media frenzy for a whole season. All eyes would be on Russ and the Dallas Cowboys. And you know, if anything, Jerry Jones wants to be in the media and he would love for all eyes to be on Jerry Jones, Russell Wilson, and the Dallas Cowboys. I, I don't see that happen. <laughs> I won't say that I don't it's see it happening. It's a hot take, you know. It, that's it's going out there. It's, it's no, I, I love it. I love you know? I love the hot takes. I don't love Russell Wilson in a Cowboys jersey because we we don't even have our quarterback situation figured out yet. I'd be damned if y'all get yours figured out before we do. But I mean, our our simple figure out would be franchise tag Dak, and either he sits or he plays. That's the simple yeah. figure out our quarterback situation. To go through the roof and be like, we're win we want to win now and we'll skip steps, it'd be to go get Russell Wilson. And since we're on his radar, even if he doesn't get traded, I really don't think he would get traded. But in a hot take, I would say of those four teams, the most realistic team that could get him is either the Bears or Dallas. And where would you rather be? Would you rather be in Dallas, Texas? You know, state tax-free? America's team, Jerry Jones gonna make sure you get the shine, he gonna get you all your endorsements and everything, or would you rather be in, in Chicago, the Windy City, the place, you know, where they just, they haven't gotten it together with, with their whole situation. I don't think Matt Nagy is a guy for him. You know, uh, Steven said the Raiders too. Vegas is, is, is a nice spot, but it, John Gruden ain't the quarterback whisperer that he claims to be either, so I mean... I was, bro. I would say Dallas would be the perfect fit. Obviously, I'm a Cowboys fan, but it would be a perfect fit when you look at weapons. You're giving Russ, Amari Cooper, Ceedee Lamb, Michael Gallup. What do you think? Like, look at what he does with DK, Tyler Lockett, and I don't even remember the slot receiver, but he's made a name for him. What do you think Russ, Russell Wilson gonna do the same thing over there with him with better protection? Our offensive line healthy is gonna give him way more protection than. 
um, Seattle's giving him. He's not going to end up on his butt. And if we ultimately, if we end up going to the Super Bowl, Sierra, you know, it, Sierra might get the halftime performance because you know what? Her husband playing in the Super Bowl, it's like, you know, the Bonnie and Clyde ending. It's like the new Jay-Z and Beyonce. They're basically the Jay-Z and Beyonce of football anyway. So it, it would be perfect. Obviously for my Cowboys, but I think it would be huge for the NFL in the market. One for Dallas to be really good because it, it, it gets old for everybody. They're tired of talking about how bad Dallas is. Like it I'm makes not. them money, but teams are tired of, or, or not teams, but um, analysts no. are tired of talking no. about how bad Dallas is. It gets old because they're America's team. You got to constantly cover them, but they're almost it's same old. You know, we're tired of talking about the Dak situation for the past three years. Like even Colin Coward says it. I'm tired of talking yeah. about this, but we have to talk about it because this is what people want to hear about. This is the thing in the NFL right now in the offseason is Dak's contract situation, but we're on year three about it. You know, yeah. obviously fans of other teams want to see us lose. I'm tired of seeing us losing. Just go all out there. Give up Zeke. You know he's a bad contract anyway. Trade Dak. Let him go to Seattle. Make a name for himself out there. I think it would be a good trade to give up Russell Wilson and to get Dak in return. I think it would be good for Seattle because they don't have to fully rebuild. You still got Dak. You're giving him weapons. Seattle will be pretty successful. To be honest, Dak and Seattle will be pretty successful. And you're getting draft picks to beef up that offensive line. So you'd be able to get him the protection he needs. He'd have Chris Carson and Zeke Elliott based on my trade package. He would have Chris Carson and Zeke Elliott as his running backs with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and wide receiver. Seattle would go just as crazy, but don't let Russell Wilson get traded. And Seattle end up being better than Dallas because that'll cause a whole different type of problem. And everybody going to be looking at Jerry Jones like, you gave up our immediate future for Russell Wilson, and you still can't get it right. It it would create problems, but that's my hot take is that week one, Russell Wilson will be the starter in Dallas. That's why I'm going to bring in uh, my next guest real quick because I want to get his reaction on it real quick. My guy, uh, fellow... 2020 NFC East champ. Yes. What's We're going here. on, coach? I'm good, man. I'm I'm definitely great to be here. Um, definitely got my boat. I'm here on Cruise Allen, man. I'm here. Right. Appreciate it. Right. No, thanks for coming on, man. Happy to have you. What do you think of uh what Mo just said about Russell Wilson being we we week one starter out there in Dallas? Uh, as an opponent and playing them twice a year, I do not want those problems. I mean, I might have to see him maybe once a year, if that. I don't want them problems. Yeah, right. As it stands right now, we we see him about once every four years, and and I'm okay with that. I live about two and a half hours away from him. I can go visit him if I want to see it. Uh, Russell Wilson, if you ever see this, here, Romy, come visit you, man. Just shoot the attic, <laughs> do a cookout or something. You know, nothing crazy. Um, so Mo, thank you so much for coming on, man. I greatly appreciate it. Um. Obviously, having you on the first episode of of Cruise Island is was uh, is key, um, yeah, major 100%. milestone. And thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, go ahead and tell the folks where they can find you, real quick. Yeah, go check me out at Up in Flames Pod, Twitter, Instagram, um, Up in Flames Sports Podcast on Facebook, uh, OffTheBallNetwork.com. I write good articles, uh, things like that. Just check OffTheBallNetwork.com. Period. Everybody has great content. So, you know, up in flames, right there, pod, everywhere you can get it. Uh, you can listen to it everywhere you get your podcast. For the most part, look out. We got the Off the Ball Network mock draft picks 11 through 20 um, dropping this weekend. 
Got a few shows lined up with some great guys. Got a good show tomorrow. Got a good show Sunday. Um, me, and, me and Couch Coach are linking to talk wide receivers and DBs for the NFL draft. So it's just so much. It's, it's so busy for the network, man. Everybody doing great stuff. So shout out to everybody for the network. And, you know, uh, Cruz, shout out to you, bro. You know, I, I was so happy when you, when you came out and said that you were doing Cruz Island because it was such a thing in the group chat. Yeah. That it was like, it sparked such great conversation. Why not put it on? And why not put it out for the people to hear? Why not hear these shows and, and hear these hot takes and allow, you know, everybody else to basically spit their hot takes? So, shout out to your show. Bro, it's going to prosper. Just wait till the NFL season and college football season and, and everything else, the offseason, the draft. It, it's, it's so much content for you to cover. I know it's going to take off, bro. And I appreciate you for having me on. Always, man. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you. We'll catch you later, Mo. Yes, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Mo Murphy, the Up in Flames podcast. With me now is my final guest. I had to save <laughs> one of the best for last. You already yeah. know. I already said it. I'll say it again because I never get tired of hearing it. 2020 NFC East champs. Wow. Mr. Couch Coach Live is in the building. Yes. What a, what a great feeling to be a champion, you know? <laughs> it never gets old. Every day I wake up, it's like it's like Christmas all over again. Every day I, I wake up, I look in my closet, I see my 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 division champion uh, sweater. I got my hoodie somewhere or my beanie upstairs. Yeah, you know, every time I see it, it's uh, it, it's a good feeling. Always a great feeling, man. What a what a hell hell of a year for us. I mean, just yeah. everything from from the beginning to the end, man. What a great finish! And hey, it was great to be champions, and yeah. we'll be champions until. You know, whenever. So we're not anymore. <laughs> so we're not anymore. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just crazy to think where we were at about a little, little under a year ago. You mm -hmm. know, we're we're coming off of uh, crazy, crazy sexual abuse allegations. Um, I I know Washington Post had had done the thing. They they had teased the story for like three or four days on Twitter, yes. and I constantly was just refreshing Twitter every five minutes, seeing if they're gonna release it. Um, it came out. Um, what's coming of it is coming of it. We'll see how that how all that plays out. Um, but but we're getting we're gonna get into business real quick. Now Mo just talked about who his week one starter is gonna be, who he believes Dallas's week one starter is gonna be. Who is going to be our week one starter? All right. Um, so Mo hit hit you with the hottest take. Uh, you might want to get the fire extinguisher. Oh, let's go. I'm ready. The week one starter of the Washington football team will be none other than Cameron Newton. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Cam Newton, Superman himself. You heard it here first <laughs> on Cruise Island. Again, we stay with the hottest takes. So according to Couch Coach Live, Cam Newton is going to be the week one starter for the Washington football team. Now, to in your opinion, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I think it's going to be a good thing. Uh, when I look back at Cam Newton, um, one of his best years besides the MVP year of 2018, um, he had a pretty good year. He was pretty much on an MVP type of trajectory, and then he ended up getting hurt. And hmm, you got to think to yourself, who was, who was there? Um, Scott Turner was their offensive uh, – was their quarterback coach for that team. Yep. So there will be familiarity. Um a la like Cal Allen, a la, um, you know, um, Taylor Heineke. And so you, the, the familiarity is there. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's, 
yeah, that's been the talk pretty much um, throughout the even when Ron Rivera got here last year when he was yeah. hired on. That was one of the first things. Once Cam Newton was released, that that was a speculation. He was going to come to Washington. They had the connection. Uh, Stevens, right? I I think it was a give and take relationship there. Um, I think it was actually. I will agree with Stephen that he got the Cam Newton got Ron Rivera that contract. Um, because Scott Turner was the offensive coordinator. Ron Rivera, we all know, is a defensive guy. So yes, I, I will I will concede to that that he did get Ron Rivera that contract. But yeah, that was the talk once uh, Cam Newton got released. Is he coming to Washington? He has the link with Ron Rivera that we all know. Scott Turner obviously is the offensive coordinator with us. You know, just like he was in that 2015 and the 2018 season, um, <clears throat> the MVP, and then the what probably. Sh- could have and should have been an MVP season had Cam not gotten gotten hurt yep. towards the end of the year. Because I remember the one of the first things that I did when Ron Rivera got hired, I went back and watched um, the Amazon all, all or Nothing on Amazon Prime, oh, yeah. the year of of the Panthers, because I want to see you know get a little behind the scenes um, of how Ron Rivera was and and just looking back on that season. I um I, I forgot how good Cam Newton was that year. They were six and two before he the essentially the first time he got hurt because he played with a series of injuries that season. That to a certain point he finally said, "You know, I, I can't do it anymore." And he was struggling. He was fighting through though. Um, he did not have a good season in Carolina. He struggled a lot. And something that our guy Stephen will mention time and time again is is that Cam Newton got COVID early in the whole COVID process. You know, when it first became a thing, he was one of the first athletes to get it. We still don't know the full effects. So we don't know exactly how it affected him. So it could have been something that he never really recovered for. But I do like what Steven saying is here, Newton to Terry for six. I will yeah. I will gladly listen and listen to and watch that. Every Sunday, a couple Mondays, um, and and a uh, February. I, I don't mind hearing that in February either. <laughs> Absolutely. <We'll see. laughs> um, so so assuming we get our quarterback that you say we're gonna get in Cam Newton, uh, where is our what's our direction for the rest of the draft and free agency? All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a, a wish list. Okay. Um, you know, we obviously we're devoid of wide receivers and what have you. And we always talking about we need that that um linebacker that's a dog. Yep. There's a guy named Von Miller who has familiarity with um <laughs> you know um with this defense, obviously um with Del Rio. He yep. was with him in Denver that year right. that they made to the Super Bowl, but they obviously didn't didn't win. But um he's a wish list, he's the guy that's like yeah, but um, definitely the biggest priority is probably, honestly, in my personal opinion, is resigning Brandon Sheriff. I think you need to take care of business with that. Um, then also um, get wide receivers. I mean, you definitely we have a it's a bevy of receivers coming out in the free agent market. Guys, I look at like Allen Robinson, um, a- AJ Green, um, you know Ty Hilton, Ty Hilton. Pardon me. Um, so it's a lot of wide receiver depth that can that could potentially 
um, you know, going forward could definitely um, come into Washington, definitely help us in that in that uh, in that realm. But um, those are the kind of the key things I want to see um, the direction going forward and uh, with this, uh, you know, as far as free agency and what have you. All right. So assuming we get a receiver, I want AJ Green. I'm a huge AJ oh, Green yeah. fan. Yeah. I already have a Bengals jersey. Well, I don't have a Bengals jersey of him, <laughs> but I. My wife has plenty because my wife is a Bengals fan, so she has a few of those. What? Who are we taking at nineteen? Are we staying at nine? Let me ask you first: Are we staying at nineteen? I, I think so, uh, because I really think the quarterbacks are going to be gone, so no one's really going to be desperate to kind of get that spot. Um, because and it's weird because if you look at mock drafts around the league, because really. Mac Jones is kind of that guy that some people look at as eighth going to Carolina. I think wherever Carolina's at, then at even at eight, yeah, eight of Carolina, and then I've even heard him even being slipped down to even New England at fifteen. And a part of you is like, well, he'll probably be the only one as far as a quarterback, as far as somebody able to reach, you know. Um, to actually try to reach up and to get our pick at nineteen, but um, I think it's gonna. I think we're gonna keep the pick. I think just the the, the quarterback market. I think we're just we're just too low for somebody to you know really want to you know grab our position. So I definitely think we're gonna keep the pick. So who are we taking at nineteen then? Um. Hmm. Okay, I'm gonna do a wish list. So, a guy who okay. if he's here, if, if he falls into our lap, we have to get him. Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech. If he falls into our lap at 19, it's it's, it's a gift. Yep. I doubt if he's gonna be there at 19, but if he's there, you grab him. That yep. no if hands or buts. If we all, we'll be on the clock for only 30 seconds, essentially. Roger Goodell yep. be. He'll be right there on the podium announcing our pick at 19 if he's there. Yep. I, I like that pick a lot. Um, if if he's not there, who who else do you want? Um, I it's a trio of wide receivers. Um, and they kind of give or take. Um, I think the ceiling is like Rondell Moore if he's there, which I see a lot of mock drafts where he's kind of in between. He's a tweener. Um, obviously Bateman are probably more likely to be there, and then um Elijah Moore. Um, so those, those are kind of ones I'm, I'm teetering towards. And then also a dark horse is, um, Elijah, uh, Vera Tucker. That's in the event. Oh. If we don't, if, if we don't sign sheriff or if there's a situation where they say, Hey, let's just cut our losses. Um, he will be definitely a guy that we can plug in even hell, hell, even if sheriff comes back. Cause he's, He's versatile on both on both sides of the tackles. So yep. I mean he'd be very versatile. So I I look at those are are you know as far as the highs and the lows of what we can get. So yeah. Okay. I, I, I thought you were gonna say Elijah Moore for a minute. And I, I have oh, seen oh, Elijah, well, I just, yeah, I just talked about I, I have yeah. seen everybody I, I've seen Elijah Moore everywhere from being taken at 19. All the way yep. to a fifth round pick, right? I I have no idea how to gauge this kid. I've watched a little bit of film on him, and still, I don't see him as a first round talent. He's mm-hmm. he's very small, so he's really only going to be probably a slot receiver for the entirety of his career, or a punt. 
He's a lot like Tavon Austin. Yeah. I can't remember yeah. where Tav- I think Tavon Austin was that came out of West Virginia. Yep. Real small guy, very fast, very shifty, who really was just a special teams guy. He was a great punt returner, great kickoff return guy, but but really that was it. Yeah. So let's move on. <laughs> Actually, I want to get something, get your take on something real quick that uh Steven said. So he's saying Mac Jones is the new Matt Liner. Obviously, we all know the story of Matt Liner, especially me personally. Great quarterback out of USC, you know, was drafted early, I think seventh overall by Carolina, same draft as Vince Young, and really did nothing with his career. And you know what was weird about it? A part of me, it's weird because, like, he's kind of – it's like a one-and-done kind of guy. Like, it's funny – more so, Matt Liner, probably more on the lines of like a a, Matt San, um, a Mark Sanchez, who okay. had that like that one good year, like a flash mm-hmm. in the pan type of year. The thing that now gets me is now these tea leaves of like like Devonte Smiths and all those guys, Jalen Waddle, are really like they 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 love him more than they would love too. If they had to choose between the two, they would say Mac Jones, which. Mm-hmm. That's another thing, too, where I look at it where that's kind of – I don't know if it's in – you know, I think it's a good thing for Mac Jones as far as if you're a team and you you want to get a quarterback and you and you look at Tua, you know, if you put Tua on a pedestal and then, we, you know, these guys are preferring him, you know, over Tua. So he has a – and the thing is he just has to go to a good spot, which – and it's funny because I thought Matt Lana was in a good spot too in Arizona with Danny Green, you know, but it just mm-hmm. it just didn't work out um, to plan. So, yeah, I mean, he does have that, especially that one year, and then even when he came after Tua's injury, um, he, he struggled mightily. I mean, obviously in that Auburn game in, in 2019, but – but for the most part, I mean, he's been good this year. I, yeah, I mean, he he does definitely has a Matt Liner. If if Matt Liner and uh, Mark Sanchez a hybrid, I'll put it that yeah. way. They all can. He's, he would be like the prototypical hybrid of those two um, guys, especially um, when I look at Mark Sanchez as far as the the one year flash the pan type of year he had this mm-hmm. year. Interesting. All right. We're almost done. We're about to put a ball on this, but you already know what I need. <laughs> I need from you. Same thing I need from O. Same thing I need from Prez. I need a Washington football team hot take. You need right. something good. You, you, you. They set the bar pretty high. Yeah. Corner Prez, Saquon about to be traded. Russell Wilson about to become right the quarterback of of uh, America's team. Right. What are we gonna do this off season? So what we're gonna do in this off season? Uh, we're gonna get um, everything out our wish list. We're gonna sign Brand- Brandon Sheriff. Uh, we're gonna bring in uh, Von Miller. We're gonna have that dog and the linebacker that we've so richly wanted. That was on our wish list. Uh, we're gonna get some great receivers. Um, we got, you know, I think we're gonna get um, AJ Green potentially, Allen Robinson. I'm gonna put it this way: Go and get our fanatics code for the Washington Football Team on Off the Ball Network. Pre-order your 2021 NFC Championship gear. Tonight. That is what I like to hear. That is what I like to hear. What you didn't lie. I told you I was gonna need 
I, I told you I was going to need a hot <laughs> yeah. take. You said so I, I got I, you. I, I'm going to bring the heat. I'm going to bring the heat. But, yeah, man, this team, this team is going to repeat um, the NFC East. They're going to win it again. I just look at what we're gonna. We got the cap room. We're gonna we're gonna spend some money, but we're not gonna do. We're not gonna do like we did in the past. We're not gonna do anything stupid. We're gonna make smart, budget friendly. I put that way. Budget friendly deals with these guys. We're not gonna be giving old timers, you know, money. We're not giving 35, 36 year old guys, you know. Whopping salaries? No, we're gonna we're gonna take care of business, and we're gonna be smart about it. I like it. I like it a lot. I, I really hope we do repeat. The division has not had a repeat champion, you know, in almost since the two thousand three two thousand four season. So we're yeah. coming up on twenty years of that. Uh, Steven, I like the way he's thinking. NFC Championship yeah. game, maybe a possible Washington football That's team true. against LA Rams. I don't know. We'll yeah. see. That yeah. happens. Hopefully, COVID is done and over by then, and we can, I don't know, maybe yeah. do something, do something, maybe a live show yeah. or something. That would be dope. Um, uh, but yeah. it's all fun and games here. We're over here just speculating, just having fun. Um, coach, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really do appreciate uh you taking the time out of your busy night. I know you got a lot of things going on this week. You're here for um you've been doing the the draft rodeo, basically, every position yeah. group. Um, yeah. So go ahead and tell the tell the people where they can find you and what you have coming next. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Facebook, um, Couch Coach Ladder Podcast. Um, you can check it out on um, pretty much any way you get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, we're on there. Also check out the YouTube page. And then social media, we got uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also TikTok. We're on TikTok as well. So definitely, uh, yeah, so definitely uh, give us a follow on TikTok. And um, and then tomorrow we'll continue our um, Round the Draft podcast where we'll be with our guy Mo. We'll talk about the wide receivers and the corners. And then uh, the following week, uh, we got I got James. Bar talks. We'll be talking about the hog mollies, the the, the uh, you know the O line and D line. So we'll definitely hit that, get that going. And man, definitely appreciate you, Rob. Definitely, um, definitely honored to be, um, you know, one of your first guests on Cruise Allen. And definitely appreciate the opportunity. Definitely appreciate you taking the time out of your night to do this. Um, again, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who watched today. Uh, whether you stay for the whole thing, Stephen, you were very active the yeah, entire time. Yeah. Big shout out, Stephen Gillespie. Huge shout go out. Check out. Go check out his. If you're a basketball fan, go check him out. Breaking the, yes, game. Breaking the game. Him and his co-host Austin Carr. Great show. Uh, they recently did an interview with Ronnie Brewer, I believe it was, uh, who is a personal favorite of mine. I'm I'm a Bulls fan, so I grew up watching him. So as soon I I seen I seen him <coughs> post about, it, I was like. All right. That can't, that can't be the Ronnie Brewer. Like there, there's some random Ronnie Brewer that does something, you know, some NBA analyst for another network. Cool. And then I look, I'm like, <laughs> yo, that's Ronnie Brewer. Junior. So I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely tuned into that, but definitely go check them out. Go check out everybody that's on off the ball, off the ball network. Um, everybody's putting out great stuff. Um, he has Rashad Phillips on the show tomorrow. Definitely. Yeah. Not great stuff. Um, Chris LeBron again. Uh, Chris at Off the Ball Prez, he's on there. Uh, who uh, Mo up in flames? You already heard, uh, heard him, coach, uh, couch yeah. coach live. Everybody at Off the Ball Network, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I, I can't thank you guys enough. 
it, it really is a humbling experience. Um, and thank you for for checking out Cruise Island, the first first of many. Yes, indeed.